you read the National Post? Do you read uh, Adam Zivo and uh, his opinions? He's got one in there today about vacancy taxes, and that's uh, not his subject particularly. It is now, but um, we've been talking about this for a period of years. And we we don't have to beat the drum about the fact that we have a housing shortage. We're in short supply, not just in the affordable area, you know, affordable housing. We have to build more of those units. And the waiting list is, what, 80,000 people, something like that. And then you've got uh, regular folks who go out to work at good jobs and uh, still have a problem because of what the prices are like and uh, moving way, way, way out or in condos that don't support. There's all kinds of things going on here. But the vacancy taxes are a way of penalizing property owners for leaving their homes empty. Now, interestingly, yesterday, although it wasn't about downtown Toronto, we had uh, a gentleman on from a real estate agency out in Pickering because Pickering is um, is growing by leaps and bounds. And I won't replay that or redo it, but he said something that stuck in my mind vis-a-vis this particular subject. He talked about the fact that they're building houses like crazy, the prices are going up, and they, uh, in one particular case that he was involved in, I believe he said, one guy bought 20 townhouses. That's the guy we're talking about. You know, he's got some money, nothing wrong with having money. I'm going to assume that the guy gets the benefit of the doubt uh, for having earned it. But if he, he buys uh, 20 houses, he denies 19 families, presuming he moves into one of them himself, the opportunity to move in as well if he doesn't immediately start renting them out. Anyway, uh, the vacancy taxes have become an idea that's popular. We have not implemented. Vancouver has. Adam Zivo's on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. You you wrote very well about this, and you uh, you argue in in terms of uh, Toronto not only taking a position on uh, taxing people who hold houses for the it's not it's not just uh, holding houses for a potential uh, rental because they'll rent pretty fast. It's holding houses vacant for the opportunity to take them six twelve months from now and just flip them because the amount of lost let's call it imputed interest on those 20 houses, if we use that example, is very low compared to what we're making year on year in flips over the past little while. And uh, we're all we're talking about, if we were to implement it, and nobody in City Hall is saying, yes, absolutely, is 1%. That's not much. Yeah, 1% is not high in this case, because we have to remember that this is something which is primarily driven by property speculators. So they go, they buy housing, uh, they intend to flip it after 6, 12, 18 months, however long it takes. And they're reluctant to put their housing on the market because they don't want to risk having their tenants create a problem within the units. Uh, So they decide to eat the costs of leaving the housing unrented, uh, assuming that it's going to, you know, they're still going to be able to pull a large profit nonetheless. And that's something which is very possible for them, given the exorbitant price growth that we do see in most Canadian municipalities. In Toronto, for example, one estimate uh, puts the ROI for property investment at about 8%. And, and that's, that's a tidy quite, little profit, Adam. Yeah, it's, and, and that's the thing. Is like That's a conservative estimate. Um, you know, Let's say year-over-year prices in Toronto went up by 17% over just the past year. And so going back to the size of vacancy taxes, when you charge someone a 1% tax and they're making 8 to 17%, you know, in that kind of range, um, it's not punitive at all. Essentially, what it's saying is, you know, we want you to put your housing on the market but if you don't, we're going to punish you by ever so slightly reducing your profit. And, and that's not good policymaking. 
I can kind of hear, Adam, some people out there listening to us and yelling at their radios, particularly to me, saying, you have self-defined as a capitalist and a conservative, and you believe in being, being an entrepreneur. How can you possibly be in favor of a tax like that? I didn't say I was in favor, but I'm not against it. I, I'm open to listening to the arguments. It apparently has, has made a difference in Vancouver, where, if I'm not mistaken, it, it runs at uh, 3%. Yeah, well, so the thing is, you know, I'm, I'm a capitalist and, and I'm center right. And I don't think anyone likes having more taxes. However, the purpose of a vacancy tax is not to collect revenue. A vacancy tax is most effective when it collects no tax at all. And that's something which is found in the bylaw documents that propose these taxes, which is to say that we want this tax to be collected as little as possible. Conceptually, you can think of a vacancy tax as being more akin to a fine for bad behavior. Right. You know, we're not trying to we don't want to collect revenue from you. We don't want to tax you. We just want you to do the right thing. If you have housing to put it on the market, because if you keep it off the market, that does have a significant impact on other people's well-being. And, and I firmly believe in you know, property rights and, uh, and people being able to maintain their wealth. But at the same time, that's not unlimited. And if you want to make a comparison, you know, we can go back to, let's say, the hoarding of protective equipment at the beginning of the pandemic last year, right? You know, people used their property rights and their private wealth to hoard this equipment and then resell it, basically scalping it, um, and were punished for it, and rightfully so. You know, people shouldn't have the freedom to hoard commodities which are in short supply and which are sorely needed by other people. Yeah, here, sir, you want one of my masks? They're only $20. Uh, that, that's the kind of thing that you're talking about. But l- going back to the case at hand, and I'm glad I'm not a, a deserting my position as a capitalist and that you are as well, because what you're saying makes perfect sense to me. Nobody is looking to collect this money. What we're looking to do is create a diversion from your wish to hold those properties for flipping them not that that's an illegal act, but if you're holding properties that people could be living in and, and uh, that's for six or 12 or 18 months, as you say, that be, that creates an inherent unfairness to a lot of people who are just itching to go into a nine-way bidding war, which is what it, it turns out to be these days. In Vancouver, uh, it has worked, and that's the uh, the key. In the period from 2018 until now, it looks like we've seen a 25% reduction in vacant homes, Yes. Yep, that's true. Um, and that was with a 1% tax, which was raised to 1.25, I believe, or 1.5, and then was recently raised to 3% earlier this year. Um, and, and that's still on the low end. I mean, let's say, for example, Paris. Uh, I wasn't able to include this in my article, but Paris started with a 20% tax Wow. and then went to 60%. Now, that's obviously way too high for a city like Toronto and Paris being a European capital with very constrained supply which houses a lot of international money. It's subject to its own very unique constraints. Um, But it does give you a sense of like the fact that the ceiling can be very high. Now, I'm not for that kind of punitive tax, but I don't think it's at all appropriate for Canadian cities because they're very different. But I did want to sort of like put that in there to give people a sense of, you know, that ceiling. Well, Adam, Um, you've been studying this thing. Um, if, If you were talking to Tory and council, and uh, they were saying, okay, we're seriously going to consider this. And I suspect they are. Um, what's the number you'd set it at to be fair to every side? Well, well the thing is, you know, I haven't done sufficient research to come up with a, a really confidence uh, recommendation. But I think that at the very least, we should start at 3%. 
uh, considering that Vancouver can be seen as a useful case study. You know, Vancouver started at 1% and moved up to 3%. Um, we don't seem to see any issues with that so far. And if Vancouver has done all of that research work for us to show what these rates do in a Canadian city, then why not listen to them and start at 3% and grow from there? Um, now, one thing that hasn't come up in the conversation yet is that the reason why people, uh, policymakers are adverse to using higher tax rates is that they're concerned about non-compliance. Because in these systems, um, it's all about self-reporting. Homeowners self-report whether or not their homes are vacant. And that's a system which is very susceptible to abuse. Um, there are, of course, also exceptions as well. So, for example, if you're a snowbird and you're going you know, down south for six months, you're exempt and a few other things as well. Um, but on the whole, um, there's just a lot of there's not a lot of surveillance. And so. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. In Vancouver, did prices go up on homes or did they go down? Uh, and did the vacancy rate reduce? Well, well, so the vacancy rate has reduced. Um, now, prices in terms of like property values has still gone up because we have to remember that vacancy taxes tackle affordability for renters only, right? So what's happening is you're taking uh, existing inventory, which is not being rented out, and you are putting it on the market for renters. You are not creating new housing supply, um, which is a different issue. And, and so without you know additional housing, prices are still going to rise. Um, but I think the, I think rental prices have, you know, significantly gone down, but it's hard to disentangle that from the effects of the pandemic. Well, you have given us some food for thought and I thank you for writing uh, the material in the national post and for taking some time for us today. Well, thank you for hearing me out. All right. Adam Zivo, he's a national post columnist with ideas on what Toronto should be thinking with regard to vacant homes and taxation.